Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Maddie Taus, and I get to be uh, one of the pastors here at Epiphany Station, and we get to have a conversation today about why we all decided to get up and be here this morning. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about what it means for us to think we know and believe in anything to do with God, faith, church, Jesus, because today is Easter. And today at Easter, we celebrate something. And what I want us to end up celebrating, if you leave with nothing else today, I want you to leave knowing that you can celebrate not just a day that meant something to somebody once, but the day that could actually change your entire life. Today has the potential, if you choose for it, to be day one for the rest of your life, to change everything, absolutely everything, to move you to a new place. Because you see, when it comes to understanding what Easter meant and what it did and how it starts a faith and starts a relationship with God, then it should mean that we never are that moment still. We are never arrested. We are never stuck again. We will be people who are moved by our faith, moved by our beliefs. So over the next five weeks, we're actually going to be having conversations to that end understanding what it means to move more and more towards the crazy, terrifying, and beautiful purpose for our lives, moving towards what it means to live different, to live different than the people around us, to embrace a different type of community, to actually follow Jesus Christ, and to lead others in the same direction. So, we ready to get started? Ah, fantastic. As you walked in this morning, you had been handed uh, with your program one of these. It's one of our spiritual journey guides. And I'd like you to grab it and I'd like you to wave it in the air like you just don't care. Some of you are caring way too much right now. Don't care. There we go. Much better. We put these in your hands this morning because we're going to use this throughout our teaching series to be able to understand what it means to move along in our spiritual journey. And I want you to grab this, and I want you to grab the pen that came with it, and I want you to look on the inside, and just take a quick snapshot glance at what's in there, because I'm going to ask you to think about and maybe circle one of the areas that maybe you see yourself being in today. And then we're going to collect them all in at the end, and we're going to judge you for the way that you respond. I'm getting, I'm getting nervous laughter. <laughs> This is just for you, for you to keep, for you to maybe understand why we're going to move together. So if you take a look at it, where would you say maybe you are on here? Would you maybe say that when it comes to a relationship with God that you're not interested, okay? Are you uh, questioning or curious? Are you searching? Are you committed? Are you maybe experiencing new life after that commitment? Maybe growing in community? Maybe living missionally? Whatever it might be, wherever you might feel that you are today, I want you just to jot it down, just circle it, just do something. Take note of that. Because all we seek to accomplish over the next month is to have conversations to try and understand why ever any of us would want to move any further. What would provoke us to move? And quite honestly, what would be the profit behind moving? And today, all we seek to do today is to try and understand why anyone would move from the searching side to the following side, why anybody would start a relationship with God, why anyone would put their trust in Jesus. Because like I said, today's Easter, and Easter was always about the start. Easter is synonymous with the cross, and the cross has come to mean Easter, and what we mean about Easter and starting a relationship with God is so closely tied to this cross. And it's not just a cross, it's not just a symbol, it's, it's what happened on the cross. It's what happened on the cross of Easter 
That's the reason we start a relationship with God. In fact, it's the reason that we can start a relationship with God. Because the beginning of our faith, our start, came at the end of someone's mission. And I want you to read with me as we see the end of Jesus Christ's mission on earth, what he came to do and how it came to a close. It says in John 19 that Jesus knew as he hung on the cross that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. That does not seem like the start of anything. It does not seem like the beginning. In fact, it seems very much like the end. Because the beginning of our relationship with God came at the end of Jesus' mission. The message of Easter and the message of the cross was that we could start something because Jesus finished something. He finished his mission. And his mission, the mission of Jesus, was to bridge a gap between God and people. A gap is formed between God and people by evil. And evil things that people do, that you and I do, we've come to call them sin. These sins are these things that we do on the daily. They, they divide and they, they wedge between us and God because they are flying in the face of him and he, what he created us to be. Sin is the decision not to love but to do anything other than love. And since God is love, we distance ourselves. And that is the cause of sin. It's the cause of evil and it's what separates. And so because we become separated from God by sin... Since God is the purveyor and the creator and sustainer of life, every single little sin must lead to death. It must lead to separation because it takes us away from life. And on the cross at Easter, Jesus decided to step in our place and pay down a bill, to settle a debt, to offer his life for every single little sin that we would ever commit. Every sin that would separate us from God so that every single sin would not need to separate us. And so when Jesus said, it is finished, he gave up his spirit for us so that everything that we would do for the rest of our days would not separate us from him. That right there, that's the message of the one cross. That's the message of the one cross at Easter, that you and I, for all of our days and for all of eternity, need not be separated from our God. We need not. And that everything that he has done, everything that was necessarily completed and finished at Easter, was done for our good. So when Jesus said, it is finished, what he meant is, it now begins. And that was the one cross. But have you ever wondered why in a lot of Easter stuff, there are three crosses? rarely see the one on its own there's usually three of them there and the reason that there's three of them there is maybe the most beautiful thing about easter because the most beautiful thing about easter is god just didn't come just come and do something and show off he came to do it for a reason and the reason that he came to do it was for people and the two crosses either side of the cross of jesus represent everyone on the face of the earth one of the most beautiful things about God's pursuit of you is he's really trying to make it as simple as possible for you to understand how to respond to him. What is necessary and where you need to come to to be able to accept the offer 
of Jesus' sacrifice for you. So he laid it completely out at Easter so that we couldn't be confused, so that we couldn't miss it. And so centered around the cross of Jesus, he puts two more crosses, one in the middle to show that what he can do and must do for us to be reunited with him, and then one on either side to display for us the options that we have in our response. The one leads to the two, and the two point back to the one. And I want you to see how it played out on the day. On the day that Jesus fulfilled and completed his mission, how people responded. One on the right and one on the left. For there were two criminals either side of him. And one of the criminals hanging beside him, he scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal, he protested. He said, what's freaking wrong with you? No, he didn't. He said, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die. We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Two crosses, two men, two completely different responses to Jesus, and two options that will forever be laid in front of you are what you will do with the cross. First one, he scoffed. He scoffed and he mocked and he ridiculed and said, you're supposed to be God, you better prove it. There's no time left at present. Now would be a good time for you to prove it. Save yourself and save me. Not understanding that what Jesus was actually doing in that moment was for the rescue. It was for the salvation. And I don't know if this rings true with any of you, but I know I've had this conversation with God. God, if you will just do this thing for me, I'll believe in you. God, if you will just meet that need, then I will meet you. God, if you will move the way I want you to move, I will move. God, give me. Give me, just give me a good day with the kids. Or, or maybe give me a friend just to, to cry on the shoulder of. Or maybe it's give me a spouse. Maybe it's give me a child. Maybe it's give me a job. Maybe it's give me a raise, give me a healing, give me a miracle. If you give me something, if you will do what I would do if I were you, I will believe in you. That seems like a fair deal. That seems like that would help us understand one another. So just do what I would have you do, and I'll believe in you. So the scoffing and the mockery that Jesus faced was, just do what you think you should do, and we will believe in you. And that's what he faced on the cross on the day. And that's what he faces every day. Because that's what's within us. That's what's within you. It's what's within me. And every man, woman, and child has the opportunity, the God-given right, to scoff and mock at the cross. Like that's not enough. Like that in itself isn't enough purpose, isn't enough reason, and it's not enough to give us life. All of us have the right to option one. And we can live in option one for as long as we want. And maybe the most beautiful thing about our God is as long as we live in option one, option two is always on offer forever held out for us to walk over to the other side. And instead of mockery and scoffing, no matter how much rejection we have given to the cross of Jesus, we can instead to choose to respond to what it truly meant. Because what the other guy said was, 
you're wrong. You're wrong in what you're doing. This is how you're going to spend your last words at the end of your life. What you're doing is wrong. Don't you even understand? Even now, we deserve to die. The things that we've said and the things that we've done and the people we've cheated and hurt, we deserve what is happening to us. He does not. Because what he is doing is for us. So he simply says, Jesus, would you remember me? Would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Would you accept me into heaven? For everything you know about me, I'm hanging here on a cross as a criminal, but would you allow me to walk into heaven with you? This guy over here maybe has a firmer grasp on reality in this moment in his life than ever before. As he draws his last breath, he can see his faults. He sees his flaws. He sees his fall. He sees his sin. And he sees what he is facing, he deserves to face. But he also sees that he can turn his face to heaven, to a merciful God, and say, forgive me. Would you remember me and bring me into your kingdom? So let us not miss the significance. Let's not miss the significance that on day one, the first person to believe in the significant death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was a criminal. Was a person who knew that he needed a person who had no illusions, he had no doubts, I'm not got this on my own. And so we have this, option one and option two, and two crosses point back to the reason for the one. And I don't know if this is a perfect summary of what God was doing at Easter, but I think it's a pretty good one. God in the middle, doing everything necessary, all that we couldn't so that we could start a relationship with him, and simply us hanging there. Hanging there with nothing to offer, gasping for breath, knowing we're not good enough, just being asked to answer the question, what will you do with Jesus? How would you respond to his claims? Now, every single one of us is here for a different reason this morning, but I think the reason that you're here is because God pulled you in here. He pulled you in here to move you. And to move you closer to him. To move you to a place that you would be able to respond to the moment in history that he made a way. He made the way for you to find your reason for existence. To find your purpose to life. For you to find the best relationship you will ever have. The one with your God. And as today, as back in the day. Two options. One will scoff. One will respond. And those you can choose freely at your will. One can spend its minutes and days and decades living its life out, pursuing and chasing anything it dang well pleases, only to see it wasted, disconnected, and ended. The other one in the same vein can spend its minutes, days, and decades with God rather than against God, filled with hope and leaving this world in love. One will make the decision because they believe that Jesus has nothing to offer. The other will make the decision because they believe Jesus has everything to offer. One ends their life in guilt. The other will end their life going from guilty to gifted by grace. And Jesus will respond, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Every single one of us is faced at one point or another in our lives with the greatest question that was ever asked. What will you do with Jesus? And 2,000 years ago, two guys came up with two different answers. And now you must come up with yours. What will you do? 
will you scoff? Well, you're probably not going to scoff now because you probably sat next to your mom or your grandma and this is church and you wouldn't do that on Easter. Maybe. But you might just leave here and leave this conversation about Jesus alone. You might even say yes with your words, but no with your actions. Or you might just decide right now, I'm not going to submit to the cross. I'm not going to accept the offer. I don't think I need it. I don't think it's real. It's not for me. Okay, then you do you. But you will miss the reason that you draw breath. Because you are here. The desire of your Father in heaven is that you would understand the amount of his love for you, the magnitude of his love for you that he showed at Easter. That you would submit to his offer of the cross because the cross is the offer. And the other two crosses give you the options that you can choose. Now, every week at Epiphany, what we hope to do is make sure that you leave here with a challenge. A next step that is beyond question of really what God is calling us to do. And it's quite simple today. The challenge placed in front of you and every single one of you and all of your children out there are, what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? How will you answer and which way will you move? Which way will you move? Will you move into option one and own that for yourself? Or will you move into option two? That spiritual journey guide that you had, I want you to grab it again. In the spiritual journey guide on the back, there is, well, guidance, you know, like a guide. And on the back, I want you just to take a minute to read through it as I continue to talk. On the right-hand side of the back, many of you, too many of you are looking at me. You can't be reading it and looking at me. That's just that's impossible. On the right-hand side, gives you guidance of what it means to submit to the offer of the cross of Jesus Christ. And if you read this and you're like, that's, that's not me, that's not me today, then please don't feel like you have to do anything for appearance's sake. If that's not you on the right-hand side today, would you at least consider filling out the left-hand side? Would you take a look at the left-hand side and the questions that it poses? Where are you today? Maybe where do you want to be? What's in the way? And would you step up to the challenge of considering number six? But if you read any of the right-hand side and you're like, yeah, that's, that's me today. And maybe that's you today and it was you yesterday and maybe it's been you for a while, but you know that that's you today, that you need that rescue, that you know you're hanging there. Or maybe, maybe it's the first time you've realized it. Maybe it's the first time that it's dawned on you that you are in need of rescue from your sin, that you do want relationship, that you do want heaven, that you do want paradise. If this is you, it guides you and it leads you through how to bring yourself to that place of decision. And I want to lead you there this morning. I'm going to lead us together in an opportunity to pray, to be able to have a conversation with God, not through me, but you directly to him. Because for us to be able to understand the cross means for us to accept the cross, the greatest gift that was ever given. And all we have to be able to do to be able to accept that gift of relationship with our God through Christ is two things. And the first is to realize that you're not God, that you cannot earn his favor and that you cannot earn his forgiveness. And the second is that to believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he died and was resurrected to pay for your sins. If you see yourself being at that place today, you can come just as you are from wherever you've been, wherever you are today, wherever you see yourself going and accept the offer of the cross of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray in a minute. And if you want to, 
you can pray the same words. You can pray them loudly. You can pray them quietly. You can pray them silently. This isn't about me and you. This is about you and him. So if you want to, join me in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the only Savior and the risen Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I want you to come into my life at this moment. As best as I know how, I turn my life over to your care and control. Amen. That right there, that is the beginning. That is day one. No matter if you have placed your trust in Jesus before, the day one starts with us believing that Jesus Christ is the one worth following, the Lord of our lives. And that is the greatest journey you will ever go on, and we would love nothing more than to walk with you on it. As we wrap up our worship experience this morning, we're going to have the music team lead us in a final song of response. And as they are up there, and at the end of our experience, our prayer team is going to be down front. And our prayer team is here for you, and they're here to pray for you with anything that might come to your mind today. But specifically, as we talk about putting our faith in Jesus, if you've done that for the first time, I want to challenge you to come and speak with someone from our prayer team before or after quietly, and just let them hear that from you. Let them pray for you, and let them help you make an ongoing connection with someone here at Epiphany Station. You see, the next month for us is the beginning. The next month for us is about moving in our faith together. Because you see, what happened on Easter is Jesus said, it is finished. And what he meant was, it is the beginning of life for you. So every single one of us gets to take that opportunity for us to move our faith closer and closer to him. And I ask you to join us. I ask you to move with us together. So let us now sing. Let us now worship our king together. Thank you.